Welcome to This Week in Sparkling Water. My name is Iwakim Eriksson, and I'm the host of This Week in Sparkling Water. Episode 142, Take 3. The first take, <laughs> the first take, the first take, I just sat here, and then the second take, I started recording, and I immediately, um, I don't know what happened, man. My face crashed into the microphone. So take three. This is the one. I think it'd be. I think it would be good to do a sobriety check-in. Uh, how am I doing with sobriety? Yeah, I don't know. I need to go to a meeting, man. I need to figure out some online meetings, I think. Because I'm just like, I think I could be doing a little bit better. But I'm not thinking about drinking. I'm not thinking about, you know, the troublesome stuff. I can still turn anything into an addiction, though. I've been talking about how this video game that I've been playing, Tears, it's the new Zelda game from Nintendo. Ever heard of it? Nintendo? Uh, I've been talking about how it's, art and how much I respect the fact that they don't try to just make something addictive. They're trying to do something like slow and difficult and beautiful and not, there's no shock, gore, blood. It's like clean comedy. You know, like how difficult it is to do clean comedy. I really struggle with that actually, because I find I find non-clean comedy so funny. And then I just can't do that. Yeah, now I'm in a situation at work where like I have to just I think I have to be a little bit less funny. But anyway, the point was that I've been playing this Nintendo game and they it's like it's so like a slow weird art piece, but I found a way to get addicted to it and to treat it like an addiction and I took a day off from life today like I just planned like actually I was going to record a podcast with Amanda Anderson but she canceled and then I was just like let's just not come up with anything let's just sit in the moment and just do whatever we want to do each moment and not not use any discipline at all and like if I want to drive over to to the ice house to my buddy ice's house Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll call him up at five o'clock and see if he's home and just drive over there. Didn't end up doing that. Maybe I'll eat cereal for dinner. Did end up doing that two times. Started with cereal. Ate some chocolate. Finished with cereal. You know, had a croissant with cheese on it. But what I really did today is I played a video game. Like, a lot. I played it a lot. and But it's still, you know... I I I play it for like 45 minutes and then I stand up and I like repot some plants and then I'm like, what do I want to do? I want to play another 45 and I play another 45. And I did play so many 45s that it became a lot. You know, it became a heck of a lot. But that's okay. That's okay. It's okay to have one day like that. I remember when I was a teenager and I'd play video games and it it was just this thing where I like don't have habits of checking in with my body. I don't have habits of, I don't have any awareness habits. So I would just like sit in front of my computer and play a video game for like, you know, 10 hours without food or water or anything. Like I wouldn't even go up for, go up and get water. I would just sit there and I'd be thirsty as fuck, but I would be like, just weirdly not, not have any sort of philosophy of like 
what are we doing here? Like, there's no idea to any of it, to life. So you just do it. It's just this one thing, you know? You just, like, have a video game in front of you, and you hate the world, and you just sit there. And it's like, man, I'm 37 years old. I still hate the world. It's all good. But I know that, like, my body is going to feel real weird if I just sit in a chair for 10 hours. So I, like, get up, hit the rowing machine for 20 minutes, play another 45, you know, sweep the house, play another 45, water the plants, sit on the chair, talk to my mom, do a little video call with my mom, play another 45, got about, you know, (laughs) the world's healthiest way of getting about 11 hours of video game into a day. (laughs) Really towing the line of, like, anyway, and then at the end, I, like, couldn't stop. Like, it was midnight, and I was like, something at, like, 9 p.m., I was like, I should record a podcast. And then at midnight, I, like, couldn't stop playing, and I was like, oh, okay. So then I actually had to in, I had to invoke a little bit of a more serious protocol, more serious than just turn it off. I had to, like, you know, take the controllers and put them in the bookcase over here and take the video game and pull it apart and put this in a drawer over here and put this part in a drawer over here and grab the cord and... Stuff it under the, stuff it in the sock drawer just to make it like enough of a, you know, three and a half minute process to assemble it that during those three and a half minutes, the sort of drunk rush of, you know, whatever emotion I'm trying to run away from, whatever, like the escapism of the video game is probably for getting away from a wave of uncomfortable emotions. But if we just, create a three and a half minute barrier to getting the video game where it's more than just hit a button, then the wave of the bad emotion might have passed halfway through. And I might halfway through assembling the video game, I might be able to be like, no, I'm actually good. I'm actually good. I'm not having a panic attack. I'm I'm chilling. I'm pretty good. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm a grown man. It's I've, It's funny. I saw this. I saw this meme about this where it's like, Video games at 16, you just play them for like 20 hours a day and you smell real bad. And then video games as an adult, your inner monologue the whole time as you play video games is like, I'm a fucking loser. I should be making money. What the fuck am I doing with my life? I'm such a fucking loser. I can't believe I'm playing video games. (laughs) And it's like, I think that's just what it's like for everyone. Capitalism is crazy, dude, because that's not the point. That's just capitalism. And now I'm talking to you, Tiff. Tiffany has this thing where she hates men who play video games and because she, she's like my age and her boyfriend is our age and at least he doesn't play video games and he has all these different flaws, but at least he doesn't play video games. And one of her friends, her husband, he started playing video games in the last year and it's like, at least my guy doesn't play video games. And it's like, <laughs> and at the same time, I'm over here like, well, Tiff, you know, like I, in these AA meetings, it's actually like, it's actually really good for alcoholics to just have a healthy relationship with video games instead of alcohol. Capitalism is crazy, man. It's so weird to be a manager because um, our culture is... I don't know why. Our culture is just written from one perspective, and it is not from the perspective of the manager. It's written from the... I mean, it's because there are way more employees than managers, but but um, it's so funny to have your entire job be... Like, as a manager of whatever you manage, <laughs> your entire job, sort of, is the following. 
Hey, let's see how much you can understaff this place before it completely falls apart. Can we find the pain threshold here for understaffing? Which is such a funny little side quest for a human being after a lifetime of hearing everyone around me say, you know, I had this job, I'm doing this job, and then my coworker got quit, and then they just gave me her, you know, responsibilities, but they didn't give me a raise. And then they were looking for someone to take over her job, but I just sort of like figured it out. So now we like don't talk about it and I just do the job of two people and I get paid the same. And then the story fast, and then six months later, the same person will be like, okay, so they fi- and now they fired someone. This time they fired someone. Or there was a, that person was transferred out to a different office and no one picked up their responsibilities and like they were divvied out amongst the same people. So now we're three people doing the job that eight people used to do and I don't get paid more. And it's like, that's every single work narrative I've ever heard from anyone, you know? <laughs> and then now and then now it's just my job to just be like we got eight people here let's see if we can make it three and see if it's if they just figure it out can we pay three people to do the job of eight people i mean and we don't and we don't do it like that because that's not nice and i'm not talking about where i work because we i'm not really talking about where i work but it is it is the quest though can you save money and still have an immaculate guest experience? It's really not the quest right now, though, but I'm actually really fighting it. I'm fighting that. I'm, I'm actually, because there's a supply side and a demand side, right? Either you can save money and, and have it and see if you can get the same product out, or you can get a much better product out and spend the same amount of money on it. And I'm much more of the, in the camp of like, look, I got these eight people. I'm going to keep all eight, but I'm going to make them all fucking really good at their jobs. And we're going to put out a much better product. And I'm still going to pay the same amount of people. And, you know, the costs of goods sold is going to be the same, but we're going to put out a much better service here. You know? Oh, God. It's stressful. Sometimes I just feel like someone... I don't know. Why do I feel like, I don't even know. I was going to say my boss. I don't even know who I'm talking about there. Sometimes I just feel like my boss's boss's boss is listening and they're going to email me and be like, look, dude, you can't, you can't disparage us like this. It's like, but I'm not though. I'm just being paranoid. I'm just being paranoid. I'm just talking about late stage capitalism. That's all. I'm not talking about no particulars. It's all good. The other crazy thing is like, why the fuck am I in America? Why am I such a psycho that I couldn't just stay in Sweden? In Sweden, you go and you get a job and then you get, like, I think the legal bare minimum is, first of all, you have to just be a real employee. Everyone's a real employee. And then you get six or seven weeks of vacation every year. Just seven weeks of vacation just paid. And... Anyone with like a real, with a career has like two and a half months or whatever, just way more. And here in America, it's like, I'm really looking for, like, there's such monotony to just you, every week is seven days. Every week you work five days. And then sometimes shit happens on your day off, you know? 
Like you're texting with these people on, I'm texting with these people on my day off every day. I mean, every, every time. But, um, but what I'm looking forward to right now, which is so crazy because it's not even a vacation, it's just that my days off are swapped around a little bit because me and Maddie are going to go, um, go, uh, to, um, San Jose, to Palo Alto. We're going to go to Silicon Valley for a concert, a Boy Genius concert. So my days off are just different days off. I have a Sunday, Monday off instead of a Wednesday, Thursday. So that means that it's just the monotony of the five days on, two days off, five days on, two days off. The like infinity, it's so like dizzying to just think about like, okay, so the next 45 weeks, because that's also the the scam or like there's the mistake on my part to not even have a regular job where you have weekends off and where a three-day weekend is a thing. Like why? Yeah, I'm realizing it as I'm saying it out loud though, that like I actually have quite a bit of paid vacation every year, but I'm realizing that it's kind of because every single public holiday that they have to give us off, we work. So the paid time off is, okay, okay, now again, I feel like someone from HQ is listening and being like, Joe, Kim, why are you disparaging? I'm not disparaging you, bro. (laughs) I'm not disparaging anyone. I'm just speaking in general terms. But yeah, so yeah, in June, I have one week where I'm going to go to a concert with Maddie, and then I'm going to go to Sweden in the second half of June, and I am taking a week off from work. So I'm just looking forward to two instances in one month where my five days on, two days off monotony is just broken up. And the sad thing is that the first instance is like, tomorrow I'm going to go to work, and then I work one more day, and then I have two days off, and then I'm going to work nine days in a row or whatever. Like, I don't even, I haven't even done the math, but like, isn't that... Yeah, eight days in a row, probably, you know, because I just moved my, I'm just going to work eight days in a row. It's interesting. Oh, that's not something I've thought about, but it's landing with me right now. Devastating. But um, yeah, capitalism, huh? It's crazy. I was going to talk to Amanda about it today. Like, what are we doing here? What's, What's the point of it all? How long can we do this for? She works so much more than me. And I really want to know, like, how long do you think you can do this for? And the answer is forever, you know? It's all in the mind. I'm Later, now in life, in my 30s, I've become super fascinated with um, the things that lead to success in a, in a person. And it's really not what I thought when I was younger. When I was younger, I thought it was like, be smart and be strong. Physically strong mentally smart. It's like smarts is so far down on the list. Physically strong is not on the list. <laughs> no, healthy though is on the list. But really, it, what success is all about, it's just don't fucking lose your shit when it gets boring. You know, shit's going to get really boring. And if you can just keep it in the bag while it gets really boring and don't lose the plot and don't just like stand up and walk out the door because like most people do. And I used to just like, if you can just have the same job for a long time, if you can just show up to work and look normal. And here's another one I, I've noticed recently that it's, this is like more of a specific trick, but it's like, I noticed this person that's like sort of in a, in, in over his or her head. And, and it's like, this person just, 
whenever they get criticized, they just don't say anything. And then there's a, pe- a people saying how, you know, performance issues. And then the person just like sits there completely awake, clearly listening, but without opening their mouth. And then someone else will pick up and talk about the same thing. And there will be a lot of criticism lobbied against this person, but the person will not say anything. They will just sit there in, with this very specific absorbing energy that's very hard to explain. And then eventually the criticism will like veer off into a different topic. And because of that, because of because the person doesn't respond to criticism, the criticism doesn't explode into something bigger. Because if you take the fight it becomes a big deal. And now it becomes something that you have to write down and it becomes something that shows up in an email and it becomes this thing of like, people become more like crystallized around how they want some improvement here with this performance issue and this and that. And But if you just don't say anything, the conversation will eventually move on to something else. It's a very strange trick and it shouldn't work, but it does. But it does. So if you can just show up to work and look normal and like show up and look normal and not say anything when they criticize you, you're going to be so fucking successful, bro. And then, I mean, sure, if you can do like six, seven things that I'm talking about here, then number eight on the list, like, yeah, if you're smart, then it's like, yeah, sure, that's better than not being smart. But it's like, it's really mostly about not overthinking it. Honestly, I think being smart is mutually exclusive with some much better traits. Like it's much better to like if you're if you're not there's something to the fact of just waking up and just immediately getting out of bed and then making your bed and then going to the gym. Like there's something about those habits that I really really think um that they they coincide like they they correlate with stupidity. <laughs> I think it's like, if you're stupid, I think it's much easier to do that. That's how I defend myself. That's, that's so, I'm the stupid one. I'm the stupid one. But I don't know it. And I don't even know it. I'm the stupid one and I don't even know it. I played, I played so much of this video game that it's, that it, it broke my brain a little bit. So like one thing in the video game is that um, they gi- they give you this ability that you walk around in the world and stuff, and at any point you can hit a button, and it makes you just fly up into the ceiling and pop out on the roof. So you can do that with any flat surface above you. You can just hit the button, and it's just like you- your character just jumps straight up and like dives like water, dives into the ceiling. And then he has to wiggle a little bit to get through the ceiling. And then for a second, he's like flowing through space, which is like when he's like in the fucking material. And then he like pops out on the other side on the roof. And you can hit that button at any time. And it's such a pervasive thing that you, in the video game, you start thinking about the world in terms of like, where can I get a nice flat surface to stand under so I can hit the button so I can fly straight up? Because it would be a real nice shortcut, much better than taking the stairs. So you start looking at the world like, where are there flat surfaces that I could pop through? They don't have to be super flat, but they have to be like, yeah, they have to be a little bit of a certain shape. And then um, now, whenever I close my eyes, I see, <laughs> I, I, I just, yeah, I just see the little interface that happens 
the, the little swimming motion that happens when you pop through the, when you swim through the ceiling. Oh, video games. But I think I'm doing okay. Yesterday I, you know, was texting a little bit with the the people, the coworkers, and we were like, should we go to the lake? And we just kind of went to the lake. And the water was cold and I didn't even really go swimming, but I just sat at the side of the lake and I was really sleepy, but I just sat there. And I had a cooler and I drank an iced coffee and, you know, you just do things. You just got to do things because if, it's like so boring. You just go and you just sit on the side of a lake, but you just, you have to do it. Otherwise, otherwise you're not going to make it, you know, otherwise you're going to die. That's literally what happens if you never do anything. You die. And it's just about the little things, you know, I brought this chair. It's like a camping chair that my uncle gave me. And it's like, he gave it to me as this thing where like he bought it for himself but he never uses it because he doesn't like to go camping and then he hates the fact that he spent money on it and it doesn't use it so he wants to give it to me and I don't want it because I don't want to have another thing in my house but I know that if I take it and act happy he'll be happy he'll be happy that he's a good uncle he'll be happy that it's put to good use and he'll just feel good about himself. And then I have to give him the gift of him feeling good about himself. So I take it and I act happy. And then I go to the fucking lake, even though I don't want to. And I unpack this stupid chair that I carry all the way out to the... It's tiny. It's like the size of, you know, a fucking phone case. But then you take it out and you... And like... Zip, 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 and you just build this fucking chair out of nothing. And then you sit in the chair. And I sit in this chair for like two hours just so that I can text him afterwards and be like, hey, Unc, took your cooler. He also gave me a cooler, filled it up with ice, went to the gas station, bought ice, did the whole thing, you know? Didn't, don't, I don't drink beer, so it's completely meaningless, you know? I just drank war warm water, didn't even use the cooler, but I put ice in it. And I sat in his chair, just so I can text him afterwards and be like, dear uncle, Today, I went to the lake, and I brought your chair and your cool, just so I can give him the gift of feeling good about himself. And when I do that, I am it's a mirror, you know? That's the mutuality of humanity. That's the, like, reciprocity. Just the two infinite mirrors held up facing each other. I give him the gift of feeling good about himself, and then that also gives me the gift of me feeling good about myself, you know? So I get to just... The whole point of the whole day was to just text him afterwards and be like, I used your shit. I didn't throw your shit in the trash. I should have taken a picture and I didn't. Instead, I took a picture and sent him of a bamboo that I bought. Because it's like, he has plants, I have plants. We, you know, we cannot be completely alone. If we are completely alone, and we to not be alone, we have to talk about something. And if, it, and if I talk about the weather, I just, I'm not going to make it, you know? I'm not going to make it. So we're going to have to talk about plants. It's going to have to be about how we both have a fiddle leaf fig, even though I don't anymore. Because what happened to my fiddle leaf fig? I guess, yeah, I had one in Seattle and then I put it on a truck and drove to California and it just, it couldn't handle being shaken like that. It got, it got shooky shook too much and it didn't make it. So now I have other plants. 
I um I've killed a lot of plants, I guess, because I've had these really, really specific desires when it comes to plants. Like I'll see a really, really weird looking plant in a photo and then I'll like reverse image search it 15 times to get the computer to tell me what the fuck is that plant. And then I'll figure out what it is. And then I'll <clears throat> realize that it's not sold anywhere around me. So I'll like buy the seeds on the internet and germinate the seeds and, and it'll grow to be like three inches and then it'll give up and die. And then I saw this meme on the internet that was like, woman in apartment in the city is super confused why plant that is made to live in the fucking rainforest will not live, will not grow and thrive properly in her apartment. It's like, I never even considered it. I never even considered that there's something other than just this shit needs water and sunlight. And maybe I'll spray it with water. Like, there's just something more to it, probably, in a lot of these, like, humidities and temperatures and length of day. And there's just probably a lot to it. Like, there's a reason there are certain plants in the plant store. And those are the plants that aren't so finicky that they need exactly the same number of hours as where they're from. You know, just trust the process. Just do what everyone else is doing. Just trust the process. Just get some fucking bamboo, you know? It's hardy. Just water the bamboo. And I really wanted black bamboo. Here's an example of this. I wanted black bamboo. It's really cool. It starts out green. It grows really, really tall. And then year three, it's big and it's thick. Thick, uh, not vines, but like poles of bamboo. Imagine an enormous barrel, like a whiskey barrel, fill all, filled all the way to the top with dirt, soil, and then all this thick fucking bamboo growing out of it. And then year three, the bamboo goes black, completely charcoal black. Like, isn't that just the coolest fucking thing you've ever heard? And so I bought the seeds on the internet and I did it. I've done this many times. And so I buy the fucking seeds and it grows to be three inches and then it just dies because it's like... It's a fucking weird, like, um, it only grows in Indonesia, you know? It doesn't grow in Northern California. It doesn't work. It should work, though. It's probably just me. I mean, buying seeds on the internet is like, you know, what do you... Does that work? Probably dried out. Anyway, let's talk about some more late-stage capitalism, weird dystopia things, like... Um, what it feels like to, I don't know, what it feels like to do some of the stuff that I have to do. It's like, I'm finding myself, I, it used to be, I'm a, I'm a people pleaser. And when I became a little bit job focused, I became really um, focused on people's opinion on my performance. So I became really hyper-focused on that and really sort of like tried to be really good at what I was doing. And then there's been this, there's this weird transference has happened in the last like nine months or whatever, because I started hiring a lot more people. This, I don't know, this is going to sound super obnoxious, but I, I just have to say it because it's how I'm thinking. And it's like, I've been hiring people, quite a few people. And then instead of like, people will then, for, first of all, it's it's very interesting because like, Previously, when it was direct, feedback on my performance was direct. People were talking about my performance. That was never, that was hard to get out of people because people don't want to 
say to your face exactly honestly what they think about how you performed. Like it's very sensitive. It feels very direct and sensitive. But it's very interesting when I'm my performance is someone else's performance because I picked them because out of all the people in the world, I think they are the ones who could come in here and actually perform. So like I become hyper-focused on what people think of the performance of the people that I hired, if that makes sense. Because it's like, that's an extension of my performance. So like I, I won't ask people hey, what do you think about my hiring skills? Because that's too on the nose and it'll trigger the thing of like, people don't want to be completely honest with you to your face because it's too much, it's too confrontational. Instead, I'll be like, hey, what do you think about person A? And then it's quite easy to get someone who's not present to get, you know, the opinion, what people think about person A, if person A is not even present. And then when they say like good things about person A, where they're like, Dude, that person fits into the team so good. They're super cool, really enjoy their company, and they're fucking stellar at their job. Like, they're just stellar. And dude, I get fucking all, bo it's like a full body high when I get this out of people, when they just like shower compliments on someone I just hired. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> because all I hear is like, Joachim, you're so fucking good at, because it's what, the at, the thing, you know what the thing is? And I was talking to Doug about this more than a year ago on the podcast. The thing, which is so weird, is that we have jobs, and jobs is where we spend kind of most of our time, and the job is social. There are other people. The people become your friends, but there's this weird, ang there's this weird component of the friend circle which is that, hey, one person is just the manager and they get to decide who gets to hang out. It's so fucking weird and perverse and unnatural. Like, I want to say unnatural. It's probably not, though. It's probably just extremely old and traditional. And it's probably always been like that. For some reason, I just walk into the world thinking that we live in this perfect democratic utopia. You know what I'm saying? Where I'm like, well, everyone should get to decide who gets to go to the party, right? And it's like, if someone's not invited anymore, everyone has to agree that that person isn't nice, right? That's like how I expect the world to be because I grew up in this like fucking communist Sweden, fucking cotton padded, cotton ball fucking bullshit existence where everyone is so nice. So I, I don't know, dude. Is everyone nice in Sweden? I don't even know. But somehow I'm so surprised that we are in this weird situation where it's like, it's a party and it's like, it's very weird who decides who get to come to the party and hang out. And then when someone says, yeah, I really like it here. I really like the other people at the party. I really like my coworkers. It's like, I take it as a personal compliment because I have a personality disorder and I'm a narcissist. Really, they probably don't even... It's weird, man. It's weird being a bad cop and having bad cop energy and doing bad cop shit and people... I mean, yeah, I think a lot of people dislike me now for stuff that I have to do and, and it's like that part I don't worry about as much actually. I kind of don't worry about that part too much. I just focus on 
Well, what are you saying about the thing? Not about me. What are you saying about this thing, the big thing, the whole thing, and the people around you? And, you know, I mean, a few episodes ago, I was talking about how much I suck at everything. And yeah, I don't know. I probably still do. I'm learning. I'm still learning. It's it's interesting. There's something about the way I talk about it and and the way I sound and stuff that's making me really feel like this is not going to go on forever. Like this is I'm this is like I'm at the tail end of something. Like I'm I don't know. There's something about my perspective. I don't know. I think maybe it's just imposter syndrome, but there's something where I'm like I think to be really successful you have to always yeah, you have to just be a sociopath. And whatever position you're in, you have to feel like you deserve to be three positions above that. And then you will it will just manifest because you will exude that energy of how you should be, you know, promoted three times. And then if you act like, I don't know, man. If you act like me, like, I don't know. I honestly don't think I deserve anything. But, okay, this is a Sparkling Water podcast. Maybe we move on to that. Um, today, we're going to review three different sparkling waters from the company Ocean Bomb. And it's the second B in the word bomb. Silent? Probably. Ocean Bomb. Like, how weird is that? The B is silent. Anyway, first one here. It's fucking Ultraman, the 1980s anime. It's an it's an Ultraman water, and the flavor is yogurt. I cannot tell you how much I... Like, I am a little bit nauseous right now. I had cereal was the food I had twice. It's all the food I had today. Cereal with oat milk. And there's something like I'm a little bit, it's not dairy, oat milk is not dairy, but I'm dairied out, you know? I'm just like, I had dairy twice. Dairy was a very big component of both meals today. So like the idea that I'm about to drink a yogurt flavored sparkling water. Yeah. Yuan Wei, Chang Wei, Xuan Ran Nin Liao. Why is it Chinese? Oh, we've been through this already. Oh, yeah, I, I, I already discovered this one. These seem Japanese, but they're not Japanese at all. They're uh, Taiwanese. So there's a bunch of Chinese on here. Anyway, let's drink it. All right, let's smell it and and be nice, you know? Like, don't just... Just because you're nauseous, don't let that affect your ability to review water, you know? Just show up to work. Look Okay. Don't start a fight when people criticize you. Show up to work. Show up. To, just be normal. Just, it's going to get monotonous. Just stick with it. It. If you're a little bit stupid, that probably helps. Okay, smell it. Yeah, that smells a little bit like sour milk. Like, that's what yogurt is. Like, sugary sour milk. Let's try it. Okay, that just tastes like a Yakult, actually. And I love Yakult. I wish I had a Yakult right now. Sometimes the solution is the problem. Just dance. That's a, there was this, um, 
I don't even remember what it was called, but there was this comic, there was this web comic in the 90s that I read when I was 12 years old, and it just had these like really absurdist things on it, and it was really poorly drawn in MS Paint, and it just made such an impression on me, and many quotes that, like many things I say that are a little bit non sequiturs are just quotes from a, a web comic that I read when I was 12 years old. Sometimes the solution is the problem. It's a there was this one webcomic about where everyone's dancing and they're dancing too much so that it becomes a problem. And then someone says, sometimes the solution is the problem. And so they just keep dancing because that's also the solution to the problem. And I say that all the time. I said that at work on Monday or Tuesday because someone was doing, I wish I could remember what they were doing. They were doing something and they were doing it too much and they were feeling bad. And I just put a hand on their shoulder and said, Sometimes the solution is the problem. Just just keep going. And Stephanie looked at me and said, Joe Kim, you don't make any fucking sense sometimes. And I didn't explain to her that, hey, lady, I'm just quoting a webcomic that I read when I was 12 years old. Audience of one. Everything I say is just audience of one, guy. It's like, that's all you can really... You know, we shouldn't be afraid of that. You know what we should be afraid of? Audience of zero. When you start hating your own jokes, just be your own wisdom and just be audience of one, you know? But, um, yeah, I had milk for lunch, skipped breakfast, haven't had breakfast in 10 years, had milk for lunch, and when I say lunch, I mean 5.30 p.m., and then I had dinner at 11.30 p.m., milk again. And then what I really want to get over the slight nausea that I'm experiencing right now is a Yakult, which is a milk beverage. It's a tiny probiotic shot developed by the Japanese people. They discovered a new yogurt. What is it? Bacteria? Germ? What is yogurt? What, what is like the, the weird fucking Latin names on yogurts? What, what are they? Yeah, it's bacteria. I think that's what I just said. Uh, I just Googled it. Sorry. It's bacteria. You put bacteria in milk. You put bacteria in milk. Dude, that fucking reminds me of something. And it's not good. It's not good. It's like the the the, the worst moment this week. The, the thing that really fucked up my week. I really... Oh, I don't know. I probably shouldn't even talk about it. But there's a coworker that's like... She's so fucking mean to me. She's so fucking mean to me. And it's like, she just gets in these moods and I can't even explain it. And she gets mean to everyone, but she gets meanest to me because I'm just like not good at, there's a thing I don't know how to do. And it's like when someone just doesn't act within like the parameters of what a workplace is, when what they really need is prison stuff where you like, it's it's really everything is prison stuff and like dog training videos. Everything is the same. Like those dog training videos, the most, the coolest one is the guy, he has a Doberman named Prince. And I'm realizing I used to, I got really into those videos and then I would like talk to people about it and they were like, yeah, yeah, Prince. So it's a thing, everyone has seen it apparently. So like that guy, the point of every video is the same thing. And it's that his dog is a badass. And these dogs that don't know how to act right, they hit up his dog and his dog just does this thing of towing the line perfectly. And when you 
are too aggressive or rude or you bite, he will attack you back a lot. And if you don't bite, but you just threaten to bite, he will just not back down and he will do eye contact and he will stand there right in your face and he won't break, he won't be the first to bite. He's not getting actually, um, what's it called? Provoked by your shitty behavior that you're threatening to harm him. He's not getting provoked, but he's just also not getting scared or backing down. So he's just standing and he's maintaining eye contact and he's puffing out his chest, chest and he's just right there. And he's like, yeah, so like, you know, are you going to bite me or what? And then if you bite him, he will bite you back like a motherfucker. Um, I, this is actually helpful to really talk through what it is, you know, what is it that the dogs are doing? I think that's what the dogs are doing. And so prison is the same thing where it's like you have to do that or something. And then at work, when some people just aren't professional and they get really me, it's so funny. Like as I'm talking about this, I'm imagining myself being at work. I'm imagining my body in the server galley and all my mind can think is like, okay, in this, you could hit the button right now and just fly up to the ceiling and just swim through the ceiling and just pop out on the second floor. <laughs> all of these rooms are highly appropriate for just just hit that button just fly straight up just wiggle your way into the ceiling just swim for a little bit as you swim through the green infinity space that is between fucking rooms and then just pop out on the second floor and then just push your wiggle out you know and now you're on the second floor you hit the button again and now you're on the roof um what was i saying so when I'm at work and there's this person who just doesn't know how to act right, they're just, they just have a lot of issues, you know? They just have a lot of unaddressed mental health issues. And the person will afterwards say that they have a bad day or whatever, but like when the person has a bad day, the person just gets very, very verbally abusive. And then when when I, I react wrong somehow, I don't know, I, I react, I like, try to make it a joke, and then I'm just super wimpy about it when I get, when the joke doesn't work out. So my thing like turns into, I don't know what it turns into, something bad. And then I get all the, then this person like focuses on me like a motherfucker, because they can tell that I like, don't have it in me to you know, actually stand up for myself. I think because, because what I'm, that my instinct, which is wrong, everything about my instinct is wrong. My instinct is like, okay, so I need to like physically beat up this person because I'm obviously much bigger than this person. Like I'm bigger than everyone in there. I'm a fucking lanky, bad posture, useless potato swede, you know? I'm built like a fucking potato, bro. I'm built like a sack of potatoes, dude. And I'll cut this bag open and I'll I'll pour these potatoes all over you, you know? So it's like, I, I could obviously physically get in a fight, but like, that's not good for anyone. That does not solve the problem. Or screaming and saying a bunch of horrible things also doesn't solve the problem. What I need to do is some eye contact thing. And I really wish this wasn't a thing. I really wish like we could just be grown-ups where we don't have to act like this is prison. Yeah. And then my third instinct is like my first instinct is, okay, fine. So I will physically beat this person up because they make me feel horrible about myself. Or 
I will just scream at them back. Or I will just actually say out loud what's happening. Like, why are you acting like we're in prison? But it's it's weird. I wish I could describe better what the person does because it's more about eye contact and stuff and just threatening and saying passive aggressive things and saying things under your breath. And <clears throat> like, it's, it's, it's worse when it's not screaming. Yeah. It's worse when it's not screaming. And this person really fucked my week up. Like somehow it really gets under my skin and then I, it really hurts my feelings. And then I try to be like, you know, two hours pass. We like have a bunch of fights and then two hours pass. And I try to just be like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we had to fight. And I'm sorry we weren't friends today. And I'm I'm sorry. And then the person is just like, we are never friends. You are not my friend. And just keeps going with just like these mean things. And then just walks off. And I don't know, for some reason that really hurts my feelings. Because I need everyone to like me. I don't know. No, that's not it. It's not just I need everyone to like me. It's something about like, I was worried that it was turning into like a big conflict where people would like take sides and people would take sides against me and it would just be this big, because there's already these things brewing, you know, there's things brewing under the surface, different things. And it's like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm scared, you know, I'm scared of going to war. <laughs> so dramatic so funny i just watched succession and that show is it's good it's very good i it just finished um and me and maddie had a little watch party yesterday and watched the last episode um and um it's good the the thing about it is like it's just business people talking business and talking about mergers and acquisitions that's the whole show just mergers and acquisitions and then um they, they, it, just because it's about a lot of money, they talk about it with this incredible air of importance. Like what they're talking about is so fucking important. Even though it's really just like, are two people, are two companies going to merge or not? Is this bigger company going to acquire this little company? Or is this little company going to find funding to acquire the big company and leverage their assets? Oh, that's, you know? And the best part of the show, and it happens many times, is when they're having a super, super serious conversation, and then someone goes, well, none of this fucking matters, though. Like, you know, it doesn't really matter, right? Like, they say it many times throughout the show. In the first season, one of the most iconic lines is, and it's not exactly the same thing, but they, this guy starts saying how something he said doesn't matter, and he goes... What are words? Like, words are nothing. What are words if not just, like, complicated air? <laughs> it's like, it's really nice. It's a really nice way of saying it. Like, yeah. It, like, it building up incredible self-importance. And then right at the moment when the viewer is about to feel like this is getting a little bit silly. Like, they're taking themselves so serious. And I don't know that I'm take it this seriously i don't know that i care about this enough in to make it make sense that what i'm watching and then to have a character preempt that feeling from the viewer 
and to have them be like, well, none of this matters that we're talking about, though. It's just like a bunch of bullshit. Like, we're all rich anyway. Like, I might just go off and fucking live in an island like I don't actually really give a shit. And I think that's how I have to start living my life, though. Like, I think I'm taking it a little bit too seriously. And the viewer in my head watching the movie on the screen coming from my eyeballs, the, like, id, or, like, the ego, you know, the super ego. What are they called in English? I don't know. The fucking part of me that's me in the big landscape of consciousness, the fucking film of my life unfolding in front of me. I think the guy watching is really struggling to fucking understand why we should take this all so seriously because it seems completely meaningless, all this stuff that I'm so concerned about, you know? All this anxiety. Like, what is anxiety if not just like someone, you just need someone to be like, well, that that doesn't matter though. Like you're being, you're kind of embarrassing yourself that you care about it so much. It's the truth. Oh, I just had this pang of like, I should stop recording this episode and just go back to playing video games. But the truth is that I shouldn't play any more video games today because I put it away and I put one cord in the drawer. I didn't put the cord. That was a lie. I'm still, I'm lying about my addiction. I only put the video game in the drawer and the controllers on the bookcase and the cord is still plugged in and I could probably get it going in like 30 seconds. So I probably need to do that thing that I said that I already did that I didn't do because I'm lying. Because alcoholics lie, dude. Alcoholics lie. They're your friends and you look them in the eye and they look you straight in the eye and they're like, I wasn't I wasn't drinking at work. I mean, I had a drink this morning, but I, I wasn't drinking at work. And they lie to your face. And you still love them and they hurt you. And you both cry. Because they're sick. And I know that because I'm sick. I, I recognize the disease, you know? People lie to my face. And it really, really hurts my feelings. But... It's just a disease and none of this really matters, you know? Uh, it doesn't matter that much, you know? we got to be like, who cares? Feelings hurt. It's not that we can say, I don't care about this, so my feelings don't get hurt. It's more like my feelings get hurt and then I have to say, I don't care that my feelings are hurt. You know, that's the level where you can cut off the fucking head of the snake. That's where you can cut the grass to see the snakes so so many mixed metaphors so good what's better than a good mixed metaphor you know what's better than a good mixed metaphor second sparkling water okay ocean bomb ocean bomb ocean bomb okay let's google it how do you pronounce bomb how ho how do you pronounce bomb it's a bombardier how do you pronounce bombardier Ah, <laughs> you know how you pronounce it? The written answer on Google, just written in, I don't even, I don't even need to press play. B-A-A-M, bam. <laughs> that's so stupid. <laughs> that's what English, that, like we're, that's as if we're living through the, uh, what's it called? Idiocracy movie? It's like we're already there. Oh, Jesus Christ, that scared me. Oh my God. Okay, got a little bit of a phone call there. Scare the shit out of me. I sometimes, 
I've started, I, I had my phone in do not disturb mode for like 10 years straight. And I was just always on my phone. And I realized that it's actually healthier to have the sound on and to never use your phone. Like it took me a, it's silly, it's silly how long it took me to realize that. That like my phone should never be in, like my house, there's one half of my house where my phone is never and it's like the sleeping, like any of the spaces, you know, like my phone doesn't go everywhere. It doesn't stay in my pocket. It like stays on this one shelf. And then instead of always being on my phone, so I don't need the sound, I'm realizing that it's actually better to just turn the sound on and then you don't have to check it. But at the same time, you know, I'm still getting used to the fact that Phones ring. Water sparkles. So this one is Ocean Bomb uh, apple flavor. Oh, that smells like... What does that smell like? Dude, it is so funny. It's like you take an apple and you... No, you don't take an apple. It's like you don't take an apple. It's like you take a colored pencil. A green colored pencil. And you draw an apple. And then you scan that into a computer. And then you open that. And then you do the fill tool. And you fill your hand-drawn pencil drawing of an apple with super, super neon green apple color. And then on this old CRT thick computer monitor screen, you now have the image of a bright neon green apple, and that's what this smells like. Okay, let's taste it. Let's taste it. God damn it, that tastes fake. I mean taste, not taste. That smell, smells fake. It smells fake. I haven't tasted it yet. Maybe that was me from the future. <laughs> Maybe that was me from the future just sort of like slipping out of me in the present. Maybe time is not linear. Maybe we are all moments. Wow. Okay, actually tastes a little bit like Martinelli's. Do you know what Martinelli's is? I do. I know what that is. It's it's like cheap American apple cider. Apple cider is, yeah, that's not half bad, actually. That just tastes like, you know, sparkling apple juice. Uh, and then it has this like weird, really psycho neon, really terrifying chemical thing that comes in at the end and just shakes you shakes you violently oh that's a ter oh, that's a devastating aftertaste but um it does make me think of how it's a shame that people don't do like i guess i guess i i, I guess i'm just from apple country like where i'm from we don't grow a ton of different things because not everything grows in a kind of cold wet place but potatoes grow real well. Um, beets, rapeseed oil from the flower, and a flower that doesn't really take off in America because it's called rape. You know, there's a sort of weird natural obstacle for that plant to really become particularly popular. You know, it's hard for people in the grocery store to pick up a packaging and be like, 
Do I want canola or do I want rape? Like very, very few people are like, today I'm going to go with rape. So therefore, rapeseed oil is not a very big thing in America. And I'm sure that's the only reason. Language. Everything comes back to complicated air. But I'm from, oh, another thing that grows where I'm from is apples. So we just like make apple cider, like really good, many different apple beverages that you don't really have words for in English. Must. It's not cider. It's not like fucking apple juice. It's not, you know, it's not non-alcoholic cider. It's not alcoholic cider. It just has a gentle, natural fermentation. Like, there's five different fucking apple drinks. Just because, you know, when you have a lot of apples, you develop a lot of apple things, right? Um, and I, 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 I like them. I like them. They're good. They're good. What do I want to do when I go to Sweden? I don't know. I don't know what I want to do when I go to Sweden. Well, I'm going to rent a car. I've never driven a car in Sweden. I've never had a job in Sweden, and I've never driven a car in Sweden. I cannot fight with him on a goat, and I cannot fight with him on a moat. I don't know why I said that. That's a reference to something some coach said or something. But um, I'm going to be in Sweden for seven days, and I will... I had this idea that I wanted to rent a car and just see what it... Because I... I have all these experiences here where I like drive a car and it's so free and it's so beautiful and it's so hard to untangle. Like I hated Seattle. Did I hate Seattle? Cause I didn't have a car and I could never just go places. I just was stuck in my apartment and I Ubered to work and I Ubered home and it's like my life just sucked. And then here I just like get in my car and I just like pick a spot on the map that looks like it's high up and I just go there. And when when I see stuff on the side of the road, I just like, I just pull up, pull over at all these lookout spots. And it's just like, and I, it's hard for me to decide if it's like, is it just so beautiful here and nice? Is Sweden also beautiful? And I just don't know because I never just like hopped in my car and just like went around. It's very interesting. It's very, very interesting. So I have to try it. I always thought I was this person that could never, God, it's so hard for me to not just quit recording this podcast episode and just go back to playing video games. Like the addiction is really pulling at my flesh, but you know, we have to, I'm 37 years old. <laughs> Whew, when I decide something, I have to stick to it. Otherwise, nothing separates me from myself when I was 17 so I'm renting a car as a psychological experiment. And then I told my mom, I knew I have to tell her in advance because she's going to fucking, she, I knew she was going to hate it. I just knew she was going to be like, because she just wants to, she, I'm only there for a week. Like everything about it is set up wrong. Everything about these trips. And I think everyone can relate to this. Like everything about going back home to where you're from and visiting your family is like backwards because it should be that you go and you see them a little bit. It should be that you go for like a month and you stay in your own apartment over there and you go like every other day and see your family. It's like this wild intensity where you don't see your family for like a year or now it's been COVID. So I haven't even been back for like almost two years. 
to like going back, you haven't seen them for two years, and now you're going to spend every second for seven days with them. Like it's insanity that we set it up like that. And then my mom is like, it's only, so then I know that, that I'm going to lose my shit just being there. And I can't, and sometimes I've made these trips like two weeks long. And at the end of the two weeks, I'm just like, I literally will like write down on a piece of paper, next time, don't make the trip this long. And then I'll email myself, next time, don't make the trip this long. And then I'll fucking email myself and then do a fucking thing on the Gmail where I program it to be like, remind me to respond to this email in a year. And it's an email to me saying, next time you go to Sweden, don't make it a fucking two-week trip. So now I made all these different notes in my workflowy software about psychological aspects of what I can do because I always forget. It's like a year and a half between each trip. So all the lessons that I draw from it, that I sit on the flight home thinking, oh, all of that could have been so much less horrible if I just remembered to plan the trip out differently. So one of the things is like, don't make it so that you work up until the last second and then you hop on a flight and you go, go straight from work and you're super tired and and then you're there and there's like no breather, there's no alone time anywhere for just yourself. That's like one thing. And then another thing is like, hey, don't smoke a massive amount of weed every day and then stop 10 minutes before going on the flight so that you spend the first <laughs> seven days of a two-week trip just, just like hankering, you know? Just like hankering for some, for some doobies, you know? Don't do that. Or alcohol. Don't get your sleep all weird. Now, the sleep thing is like, my sleep is crazy, you know? Like, it's 2.31 a.m. right now, and I'm ripping doing this podcast, and I don't care. Like, I go to bed at 4.20 a.m., and I wake up at noon every day. That's my thing. And it works for me. It's an appropriate amount of sleep. It's the same. It's, you know, everything about it works for me. But... Um, that would be super psycho if someone came and visited me and realized that that's the life I'm li living. But they, no one has to know. It's a secret. I don't tell anyone. When when I talk to people at noon, I pretend like I've been up for a few hours. You know? When I write all these intense emails at 3 a.m., I don't send them at 3 a.m. I save them as drafts. I hit send. Like, I write all these texts of all the correspondence I'm, I need to do and I write it out and I put it in my workflowy fucking task list software and I have it prepped who I need to text and what I need to text them because I can't text them when I'm awake. Then I will look like a psycho. So I just save it on there and then I say, send it in the morning. When I say the morning I need, I mean, you know, 12.30 p.m. the next day when I'm chilling on the patio having an iced coffee. You know, my porch, having a beautiful iced coffee on my porch next to my new bamboo. So, but the point is that when you fly to Sweden, that's the one thing that you just are excused by because the time difference is like this, it's like television static in everyone's brain. And it's just the same for everyone, like it, it, nine hours ahead, you know, 
nine hours ahead. Like, what are you going to do? It doesn't matter what, what time you go to bed. Everything is screwed up. Bomb. Ocean bomb. How crazy is it that Americans pronounce bomb like that? Bomb. Bomb. Anyway, that yogurt one, that's like a three out of 10 because it tastes like chemicals. The apple one is like bad Martinelli's, so it's like a three out of 10. And then the third one here, what's this flavor? What do we got here? This is white grape flavor. Love that they put put the U in the word flavor. Like Taiwanese people are so extra. Taiwanese people are so fucking extra. It's actually, I'm having a, I'm connecting so many things in my brain now. It's like in Chinese, Taiwanese people have this slightly different Chinese than um, normal mainland Chinese. That's right. I said it, normal. And it, it just has this like weird exotic flavor to it that's very hard to put your finger on. And then it's, I'm realizing it's just like a British English in writing. Like when you read something written by uh, like a Brit, it it's sometimes you can read for a while before you hit like a weird word that's that makes it obvious that they're literally just spelling things totally differently. So there's just this weirdness to it that's, okay, anyway, that's not that interesting. White grape. Let's smell it. Ooh, you know what that smells like? That smells like sugar. You know, that's like pretty gross, but it's also delicious. Like, it's so sweet. That is just one of the most ridiculous flavors I've ever... And white grape. I mean, it tastes like sugar and it tastes like... It's so... Oh, you know what it is? It's so tart and they put so much sugar in it to um, offset the tartness. And when you do that, you think you're balancing something because it's like you think they're opposites or something. Like people can deal with something very acidic if you just put a lot of sugar in it. But really what you're doing is like you're really overloading the palate. Like just like really, really concentrated lemonade, which is just lemon juice and simple syrup, just straight sugar, straight lemon juice. Like the really strong stuff. You drink it and it's like, it's, it is like two sine curves that's opposing, so they cancel each other out. So you, you're getting, you drink it, and it's like you're getting not that loud of a message, but your whole body is like convulsing. It's very crazy. And that's what we're dealing with here. It's way too tart and way too sweet, and it's fucking disgusting. And that's, uh, and it's also a little bit good. It's disgusting and good. And that's a two out of 10. That's worse. Is that worse than the yogurt one? Nah, they're all bad. That's a three out of 10. The trifecta, all three are getting three out of 10. They're all like, if I live my entire life and die of old age and never try any of these again, I will, that's good. That'll be, that'll be something I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll be good. Okay. Now I'm curious. Can you smell sugar? Yeah. It's what you'd think. It's, um, it's what I, it, yeah, it's so, this is so interesting to me. I've been like, I cannot, why am I so fascinated by this? Sugar is odorless. And then someone asks on Quora, how can you smell some, how can something smell sweet when sugar is odorless? And the answer is, the answer is what you'd think. The answer is that like what we smell when we think we're smelling sweetness. Oh, it's so hard to not just stop recording this podcast and go play video games. Am I, let's check in. I need to not do that. I need to... 
Why? Why do I need to? That, that's the thing. It's not going to kill me if I play some video games. Like, I could play three more hours of video games, sleep six hours, be re- really tired at work tomorrow, be completely fine. I don't close tomorrow. I just, you know, I go home, I play more video games. But it would just be better if I didn't because I'll get a good night's sleep and I'll just feel normal. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. Sugar, you, when something, when you think something smells sweet, you're really smelling things that are sugar adjacent. So you're expecting it to be sweet because you are smelling things that you, um, they usually come with sweetness. I'm feeling really, like I really, I want some nicotine. I want something. I think I'm just going to have some ice cream and watch Seinfeld. And that'll be like my reward. But it's like, God, I wish I had a vape right now. Oh, fuck. Episode 142, take three. Anyway, I I love you guys. I do. I love you guys. And thank you for listening. And I'm sorry I didn't have a point. Thank you. <laughs>